Good morning. It's the Palmetto Real Estate Pros. I forgot who we were for a second there. I, I'm, it's well, it's, it's Friday. Friday. You got confused. That's right. So, I mean, but every Friday is good. Who are we and why are we here? This is the Palmetto Real Estate Pros. We're talking about real estate, and you can reach us online at palmettorealestatepros.com or call in today at 803-799-TALK. That's 803-799-8255. We're going to talk about inflation today. Does that affect real estate? Um, I think that it does. Hmm. It's the uh, elephant in the room, I guess, if you will, the the topic of the day, and it's a, it's a topic we need to kind of look at because it does affect everything as far as real estate goes um, i think it also affects your grocery bill and some other things that uh, we'll be talking about today with uh, the rate of interest and inflation right and and not only you know your, your grocery bill i mean gas is up everything is up it seems like everybody went you know the the water cooler talk is look at how much everything is it's not just how much things are but how do i get the things that i need building a house um if you're buying a house the house prices have gone up and you know i was talking to erica yesterday hopefully she'll call in today we were talking about this how it affects people's buying habits as far as buying a house um and i think something people need to realize is that if you're on the fence about buying especially if you are not a homeowner if you're a homeowner i can understand why you just want to stay put in a sense i mean as real estate folks, we sure. would rather people, if you're thinking about go ahead and move, we want to help folks. But at the same time, if you're selling your house, so like Mr. Jordan, Senior Jordan, right, Pop, yes, if you're selling your house, you know you can get top dollar for it. Absolutely. But when you go to move, that house that your wife wants, it's going to be a lot more. And you know with the, what she wants is going to be more. And she calls it downsizing. I say upgrading or something. I <laughs> yeah, don't know it's, it's a we down... have two different definitions. Yes. Yeah, so, and but that's the same problem most people are having. If you're in a house and you're you're don't need to move, but you could just kind of want to move, that's always the challenge. Am I going to be able to find what I want if I move? Because prices are going up, and I don't think that's going to change anytime real soon. Well, not only the prices, Chad. If you're building a house, plan on a journey for a while. That's right. So, you know, it used to be four to six months. At you could get most, a house yeah. built uh, with a track builder. Now it's minimum nine months. Something like Nine that. to 12. So mm -hmm. all of these issues affect the price of the house. So inflation is not necessarily price, but inflation pushes the price. So it kind of is it's an inevitable result of the cost of things, you know, the cost of money being more, the cost of everything um, being, you know, increased prices, slower to get the product, so that increased the prices, and, you know, just causes delays and everything else. So it puts you in a dilemma a little bit. If you have a house that you want to sell uh, and you want to build a home, you get caught in a dilemma of when do I sell my house before I, if I sell it too soon before the builder can finish, I got to go rent something twice as much as my house payment. Well, and we had we had looked up some information before we we got on air here. And one of the things we noticed is, you know, some folks say, well, I'm just not going to buy right now because I'm just going to rent. And we've talked about this before. That's really not a smarter move either. Because if you look, we, we pulled this up and, and uh, Dawn will probably be joining us today. But she's in 
I always say this wrong. Idaho. Idaho. <laughs> so I want to say Utah. For some reason, I, I just think it's Utah, but it's Idaho. We looked up Idaho and South Carolina. So in Idaho, in um, what was it? Ten uh, in two thousand twenty, the uh, the the rental rate was thirteen twelve. The average rent was thirteen twelve. And then in 2021, it was 1679. So think about that. That's a 28% increase. So if you're going to buy and the interest rate is 1% more or 2% more, <laughs> you're better to buy. You're better to buy, even because it's not just um, that you're, the interest rate is higher. You're, you don't have anything to show for it as a rental. If you just need something for five months or something, maybe just rent, but just know going in, I'm going to pay through the nose for rental right now because rents have gone up. Because renting, someone's paying for the mortgage underneath that more underneath what you're renting. They're they've got to pay their payments, taxes go up, insurance goes up, the cost of contractors are going up. You know, so all the things that are going up they affect the the owner or the landlord as well. And so in Idaho, it went from thirteen twelve to sixteen seventy nine. In South Carolina, it went in twenty twenty to nine sixty eight to thirteen oh one. That's a crazy. That's thirty four percent increase. Wow, that's that's uh, higher than uh, the cost of a loan for sure. Okay, so do we have you with us, Dawn? Yes. Good well, morning. good morning. How are you today? fantastic how are you i'm good and i know that you're in idaho but i might yep. say utah i don't know why it's just it's something the same <laughs> right? it's just something that i do so anyone out there listening if i say utah just just uh, immediately change it to idaho so we were talking about um interest rates and not just interest rates excuse me we weren't really talking about interest rates interest rates is part of this equation but we're talking about inflation and how that affects home values and, you know, if someone should just stay put, because what happens, I think, a lot of times is people, when they're uncertain and there's some fear, some trepidation, if you will, the natural reaction is just not to do anything, just to stay put. Fence sitter. Right. But that may not be the best move if you need to do something. I mean, if you're transferred, obviously, you have to do something. But if you're kind of on the fence, it may be still a good time, especially if you're renting, to get out of that rental market and into something that's fixed, like house purchase. House fixed. Well, and how does how does inflation affect the rental market? You missed that part, Don. No, I totally heard it, <laughs> <laughs> and I read it. I just want to reiterate, right? Exactly. When inflation hits, rental prices tend to go up. And it's interesting because, you know, we, we kind of sit back. We, we're we're kind of almost observers. We're participants, but in a way, it's like, what's going on? You know, everybody's like, how's this happening? You know, what, why is it like this? There are real reasons behind the inflation and the, the interest rates, all this stuff. And so one of the things you'll see if you, um, in our last minute that you'll, uh, before the segment ends, is that the uh, Federal Reserve – loves to tinker we we have a lot of tinkers we we tinker um, toys yes eric and i were talking about this if we didn't have as many tinkers in the economy things would probably be a little less like volatile but the federal reserve wants to keep the the inflation rate 
around 2%, 2 to 2.5%. The problem is, how do you do that? How do you manage an entire economy, an economy the size of the United States? And the answer is you can't. And so when something like a pandemic happens and, and things start to just shoot up, they're always lagging behind and trying to, and I'm using my air quotes here, fix the, the economy. And so you have this tinkering all the time. We'll raise rates. We'll lower rates. We're trying to control things. And that re rarely ever, ever works. We only have a few seconds. So hang in there. Join us back, palmettorealestatepros.com. We'll see you in two minutes or so. This is Chad, Larry, and Don, and we are all together here today. No, Don's in uh, Utah. Well, we're together no, on together. air today, and uh, together. this is Palmetto Real Estate Pros. Uh, Don, are you seeing the same things on the other side of the country? This is so great that we have you with us because we're on one side of the country. You're basically on the other side. Are we? Are you seeing the same? you know, basic things happening in the market there in Idaho? Well, yes, I am seeing the same things happen. Um, in fact, <laughs> you know, just go to the grocery store, right? And how much more am I paying for eggs and milk? But what's interesting is that even though I'm seeing this in, um, you know, the price, cost of goods, inflation in the cost of goods, and we're seeing interest rates go up as inflation rises, the Fed, just like you said before the break, they try to adjust everything to keep inflation around 2 to 2.5% because that's, you know, what's average over the years. We're seeing inflation, it just rose 5%. What was it, in the last month or something? I mean, just this, it's out of control. It's not out of control, but this crazy rise, right? But um, as inflation goes up and interest rates go up, uh, housing affordability goes down, but there's a disconnect right now between housing affordability and interest rates versus the way sellers are thinking. So buyers are thinking, oh my gosh, I better get in the housing market now while it's still affordable, which is great. But the way buyers, sellers think, are they're still thinking that they can price their house at the top of the market. Right, that's and, timing and the market. Housing, right, right, Not right, usually successful. Value. Can't yeah. If I could time the market, if I could see the future, I would be a billionaire. <laughs> Wouldn't we all? So this is a perfect exactly. segue, Don, because um, Erica is on the line with us right now. Hey, Erica. And Erica, are you with us? I am here. Okay. So uh, Erica and I had a long conversation last night about this very topic. It's uh, interesting and fun. Not really, but I mean, it's interesting. We'll say that. So it, it's just so interesting to me because all these things play into how people's psychology works, you know, and, and we're part of that. You know, it's it affects us in the industry, but the folks who aren't in the industry, it, it, it's a lot of, uh, you know, it can take people through like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? And that's part of our role is to kind of say, you know what, this is normal. Things go up and down. Erica, you have any words of wisdom for us in this uh, same line of thinking here? I mean, I think Don has a good point. Uh, you know, Chad, what we were talking about last night is, is kind of what experts 
are stating, you know, kind of at what point rates have to get to in order to flatline inflation. Um, and you and I were talking about what that number could look like and what that really meant for consumers. And it doesn't seem likelihood. And, and basically what we, it doesn't seem likely. What we basically came down to, sorry, kids home, good Friday. He wants to be on air. Um, <laughs> he, he's ready to talk. He wants to <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, yeah. give me two what is it? It's just the radio. I'm talking on the radio. Yeah. It's just my, part of my job. Can I say hi? Yes, you can say hi. Hi. Um, hi. So we were talking about uh, actually the impact of uh, tinkering in the market. And I don't know if you've touched on this yet, Chad, but we as humans have stepped in and kind of altered the market so many times that that professional expert's opinion I think holds true in a market where we haven't gone in and pushed rates low and driven them up and and kind of uh, artificially impacted the market right so I, I told Chad I said they could raise rates to eight percent and they think that that would be the breaking point where we would see inflation stop but you can talk in a minute but not in a place where we have messed with it so much. I don't know that we can say with confidence that that is the breaking point. And no. like I told Chad, what I really think is going to happen, and I'm not an economist, we're all projecting. We're all projecting. We don't know. Is that I do think that there's going to get to a point where rates can't go any higher, that it, it causes more harm than good, and that we'll see the Fed step in once again and lower interest rates. No. And I think that is sooner than people understand. And, and and I think I told Chad, I said, my guess would be 14, 16 months where we see that happen, where the market literally can't sustain interest rates going any higher. Any higher. And there's always a market correct. And sometimes it, it happens with us where we say, okay, we can't push it anymore. It's not helping. We've got to drive people back to the market so it doesn't negatively impact home value. And they're going to lower rates again. That's right. And we're going to be kind of on this roller coaster. Exactly. So, uh, Erica, we appreciate your insight. And, again, I think Erica said it correctly. We don't know. You know, and anyone who says they know for sure, they don't know. And um, so, Erica, we appreciate you joining us. Make sure if you're listening out there and you have any questions about financing, you need to contact Erica, an expert, a true expert who knows the industry, Reach out to her on her phone number. You can reach her on our through our website at Palmetto Real Estate Pros. Just click our link there from our website and uh, find a true expert that can help you navigate this process. Erica, thank you so much. And thank Dawn, you. Y'all have a great weekend. Yeah, and we're going to continue this topic um, because it, it, it really is um, affecting how much people can buy. A 1% increase in the interest rate really does affect how much someone can buy and you have a dual issue here one is as interest rates go up it makes it more expensive to borrow the money and then house prices are increasing so quickly it makes it more expensive and so what erica said is correct there will be a point where people are pushed where they can't purchase a house we're not quite there but some more people won't have to have a place to live regardless so it doesn't mean you're just 
you know, the that it's going to correct immediately. And but this is kind of how it works, right? When people can't do it anymore, things have to change. Yeah, and they pay more for rentals, as you were just talking about earlier, Chad. Well, and and uh, Dawn, we were talking, um, uh, Mr. Jordan here, the uh, the wise one. <laughs> uh, we were talking before. Wonder what would happen if the banks and the lenders and and not that they had no regulation whatsoever but if they were able to set the rates themselves like if a bank said you know what for our risk oh we're going to charge x <laughs> we're going to charge 25 percent right but like you would have go put a house on a credit card exactly <laughs> but this is what what erica was talking about the market isn't really in charge i mean right. the fed is kind of right. and so all these this uh, federal stuff, this tinkering, it kind of, we really don't have a, it's not, I don't know how to say this. It's, well, it's not completely open and free. It's kind of like, well, you know, here's what we're going to do to try to fix things. And they try to fix it instead of just saying, you know what, if you can charge this and get by, then go for it. Right. Um, you know, that's not kind of how it works. It's it's uh, regulated heavily. Well, part of this, chat is... FDIC stepped in and took control of the banks, and they're graded by how fluent they are, or how liquid they are at any particular time, because mm -hmm. they don't want another run on the bank like back in years ago. When I the mean, there's reasons for yeah. it. I mean, it's yeah. not that because out of just arbitrary, we're just going to do this. Um, but you know, it does affect how how yeah. well things and, go. And let's let's talk for a second about that liquidity liquidity that Larry just brought up, right? And how liquidity affects the real estate market. So for example, if, so, so right now as people have a mortgage and they're paying their mortgage and that interest is in there, that's how the m banks are making their money back. They loan money and then they make it back by people paying interest on that. But if a house is foreclosed on, then that the bank no longer has that liquid asset. Now they actually own a hard asset. And if they own a hard asset, they're not bringing in that interest rate and they can't loan money on that. The federal law actually states now that they not only can't loan money on that hard asset, they have to reserve. So if, if somebody's house is foreclosed and they have a $100,000 mortgage, not only can the bank not loan that $100,000, but they actually have to withhold anywhere from four to 10 times the amount in the bank. So that's 400, they have to withhold 400 to a million dollars in the bank that they can't loan on. So that's potentially another three to five to 10 houses that they cannot loan money for a new person to buy. And this is why so, um, foreclosures and defaults are extremely harmful for lending or for banks because it's not just the money they're you know losing on the house it's the reserves they have to keep because of that default and so right. they try to get it off yeah. their books reserves. as quickly as possible that's why they don't want they don't want to foreclose they no, really no. don't want to foreclose no, they, they would just so the much rather help you keep your house yes so all these things play into this the, 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 there is a market cycle and um, I remember years ago, uh, the Clinton administration, and look, this is not Democrat-Republican. This is just every administration tinkers. <laughs> they love to tinker. I mean, they can't help it, really, because every administration wants a good and healthy economy. So what do they do? They try to tinker with it and say, you know what, we can, we can juice this up and turn this nozzle down, and et cetera. And uh, the Clinton administration said, 
famous line, we've uh, done away with the market cycle. We're going to only have good times from here. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you remember that. Sorry. Yeah, she's Sorry. laughing. I don't understand. But, you know, it, it's, it is laughable. It's like, okay, how's that working? As we look oh, back, how did that work? I it wish. doesn't work, but this is what they always want. We want something stable that's always good. And that never works. And we know this personally. We know this personally because when we try to step in and put our finger on the scale in, in our personal life and say, I'm going to fix this, it usually blows up in our face. And it's the same thing with all these these programs that we have. And it's designed to help, designed to help, you know, smooth out the uh, the dips and the curves. But there's sometimes you just can't help it. I mean, you can't plan for a, a worldwide pandemic and then have the proper protocols in place to just smooth it out after two years of nobody working. And so we, we have to deal with that. And that's, kind of, that's what we're doing. We're dealing with all these things that came up at the same time. And we were just recovering from the 2008, um, you know, meltdown. Yeah. Well, that was because anybody that could breathe could get a loan back then. Right. So well, all, until the market crashed, yeah, and well, then, then the <laughs> bank had all those hard assets, and they couldn't loan money because suddenly the bank owned all the houses. They didn't have that liquid money because of the reserves they had to. That's keep. right. We got about four seconds. So as we're closing this segment, come back and join us. We're going to talk about this some more. Eight zero three seven nine nine talk. Welcome back. It's Chad, Larry, and Dawn. This is the Palmetto Real Estate Pros. Uh, thanks for joining us. Remember, you can call in and talk about this topic of inflation. We know you want to. You're just, you know, thinking, is it worthwhile? I don't know. Because we don't know the answers. That's Absolutely. why you don't want to call. So seven, Absolutely, it's worthwhile. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. Hold on now. If they know the answers, absolutely. Yes, call us. <laughs> if you know. Even if you don't know the answers, call and ask. You know what would have been interesting is to get pull a, a professor of economics from the University of South Carolina right around the corner here and get him to talk about this. The problem is when you get get people to talk about this, you can get in the weeds real fast. The experts know everything, <laughs> right? That's right. Well, I think that experts might expert economists might argue that if you well and you're right you can get into the weeds but i've heard them argue in the 2008 market crash that if the government just left it alone it would correct so much faster than trying to you know let out the steam here and turn this knob there and blow that whistle over there just like you were talking about chad um i think i think statistically if they just left the market alone it would correct a lot faster well, here's, but here's I'm something. I'm not an expert in economics. <laughs> exactly. And this is interesting because this is, this is some of the information we pulled. The Federal Reserve Act directs the Fed, and they promote employment and stable prices. And so the, federal, uh, the Fed excuse me, targets a positive rate of inflation. Now, did you hear that? Positive rate. They want increasing inflation. Now, think about how hard this is. They want it to increase, but only to 2%. Imagine if you're a business and you say, you know what? I want my business to grow, 
but only at one or two percent. I'm going to cap it at two percent every year. Year over year, right? How do you do that? Right. It's impossible. And so that's the challenge. It says defined as sustained rise in overall price levels for goods and services. Now, listen to this carefully. Because a sustained decline in prices, known as deflation. Now, think about this. As a consumer, would you like to pay less? Oh, no. You know, I <laughs> never want to do day. that. So that we is, love a sale. We never seek discounts. <laughs> that's called deflation. And this is what the, this is what the Fed says. This can be more harmful to the economy than inflation. The positive level of inflation and interest rates also provides the central bank with the flexibility to lower rates in response to economic slowdowns. So you see, this is, again, this is that tinkering we were talking about. We're going to design the economy so that things are always increasing in value, prices included, and that includes uh, wages, See, because in a in a completely fair and free thing, wages would go up and down based on what somebody's willing to pay and what some people are willing to work for. And so this is really dangerous for folks who like to tinker, though. Why would you do that? And so think about this. If if they're if we're in a, in a, an inflationary environment like we are now and the federal government comes in and says, you know what, um, prices are so high we're going to mandate that employers pay people $25 an hour and and you may be thinking well that can't happen yeah it actually could I it, mean they're going up right now you know cities are paying 15 and some 18 and right some of that's being mandated some so of it is current conversation yeah so here the problem with that is what happens to like the teenagers who want to get a job at Chick-fil-A and the mandatory minimum wage is $18 an hour? They can't really get a job then, probably. I mean, there's just there's there's always a reaction to an action. I mean, I think we learned that back in um, you know school. Uh, equal and opposite reaction. Kinetic. It's kinetic energy. <laughs> yes. It's kinetic energy in the in the financial market. And so this is what we're seeing in our marketplace. We've got, um, you know, all these forces coming together and people with good intentions trying to put patches in it. You know, how do we, we patch this? Because right now inflation is so outpacing the, uh, income. the income and everything else. It makes it very difficult for folks, but they have to increase inflation. Now, um, Dawn, I heard this, and this is one of the things I was asking Erica about, and she couldn't confirm this. But I'd heard an economist, and if someone out there listening, please correct me if this is incorrect, but this is, and I heard it in passing, and I've tried to find it, I can't find it anywhere, but some economists believe that the, um, the interest rate has to surpass, meet or surpass the inflation rate in order to tame inflation. So right now they just came out and said the inflation is, is – uh, what at eight and a half percent so if that's true that does that mean that we need an eight and a half percent interest rate on mortgages and whatnot i don't know well i mean calculate that too well you know and i don't know but in the scheme of things i think back to 2007 when i was looking at buying a house down in texas and i was looking at a 15-year mortgage that had an eight percent interest rate which means that a 30-year mortgage was probably at a 10 percent interest rate and the housing economy was booming everybody was putting their money into real estate 
Um, so there's that, you know, as, uh, as interest rates go up, um, real estate and hard assets actually become more valuable sometimes. But think back to the 80s and late 70s when the interest rates were, you know, at 16, 18%. So it really was like, you know, financing a house with a credit card. Um, so at what point is that, is that breaking point? I don't know. I think that we need to see, um, you know, so first of all, there's still a supply shortage because there's a labor shortage which is driving a lot of prices up. That's a huge part of the inflation is the labor shortage right now. Um, but the, another thing that's in, uh, driving home prices up is there's still a home shortage. So I think when the builders are finally caught up to absorb the shortage in housing, then we're probably going to start seeing housing, the housing market you know, soften a little bit. Um, and probably some prices come down, but you know, definitely affordability is one of those things. You mentioned that for every one percent of um, uh, interest rates goes up, it really affects the housing affordability. But to put that in a quantified number, every time, what is it? One percent? Uh, if the inflation, or I'm sorry, if interest goes up one percent, that's ten thousand dollars less than a person can afford to buy. Is that right, or is it one eighth of a percent equals ten thousand dollars? I lost that conversation somewhere along. One eighth of one percent uh, is probably less than a McDonald's hamburger. <laughs> Depends on what you're buying. I yeah. Guess. Well, I mean, you know, in interest rates for houses. Right. I, I'm thinking it's one percent equals ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Of I, affordability. It it depends. Yes. De yeah, and it depends on the lender how they're looking at your debt to income and all those True. kind of things as well. So it, it depends. You know, all the folks out there, if you're thinking about buying a house, your down payment's going to play into that. How much money you're going to put down, and when interest rates are super super low, I mean, think of when interest rates are in the three percent range. Why would you want to put a lot of money down? It's better to keep your money. Um, now, when rates go up and up and up, it might be more make more sense to put more money down so your payment is less. And so all these factors play into this. And, and one of the things, you know, we didn't mention, and I, I think Erica's mentioned this a couple times when she comes in on our segment, is that one of the reasons you, you want to get a house is, or I, I guess, with fit, get a fixed interest rate and put it that way, your credit cards. If you have credit card balances that are running, those are going to eat you up because yes. as interest rates go up, they're going to go up. I mean, they, they're, you know, you're looking at 20, 25% potentially, 18%, 20% on a, on a revolving credit line. So what's that tell you? Pay your bills as you go. Pay, get, well, uh, pay your balances uh, off. Yeah. Get those balances uh, paid off. Yes. I mean, a lot of people don't actually realize that their credit card rates are usually adjustable. Even if it says your interest rate is, you know, 16% or 18%, it's usually 16 or 18% pr plus prime. And what prime is, is what the federal interest rate is. So it's going to be plus if it's, if the feds have raised the interest rate 4%, it's going to be plus that 4%. So it's really a daily adjustability of that interest rate. Uh, here's just a comment because we see it all the time, Don, in, in our industry. If you have credit card debt, get somebody to help you and get it paid off. The, the credit card people only want money, too. And they may adjust that rate downward to keep you from defaulting 
at all. So you can get some professional help to get those debts paid that you can buy a home. Well, you know, and, and so people are also advertising, hey, you have high credit card rate, just take a, a, a home equity line of mortgage out on your home and pay off your credit card. And what's happening with a lot of people's equity is they are using their home equity like a credit card. So they'll take money out, they'll buy a bunch of stuff, maybe they'll pay off their their credit cards. But, you know, Americans, we have this, hey, I need it now mentality. And so a lot of people will take money out of their home and equity, pay off their credit cards, and then run those credit cards right back up. So now they have no equity in their house and they have their credit card debt at an all-time high again. We're seeing a lot of that happening. And when that happens, we start to see a lot more defaults. That's right. And and if you're if you have money or a credit line whatever i mean it kind of reminded me when you were talking there dawn of, of rich dad poor dad cash flow quadrant you know the the uh, robert kiyosaki books and he talks about the difference in an asset and a liability and so we would call a car an asset a boat an asset but really those are not assets because they don't those increase li- in value they're liabilities they're liabilities and so if you're going to buy something especially with money that you borrow buy assets don't buy liabilities with money that you borrow. And if you want a car, go get a car. But understand, it's not generally increasing in value. You know, we've had a crazy time with cars. They're, they're holding their value very well. But a house, if you're going to use a credit line, we have some investors that use credit lines to buy houses. Mm-hmm. But they're buying a hard asset that's increasing in value. They're buying something that's going to pay for itself. Right. And then, and then pay the car back off when they sell the property. The, yes. Right. So we have about a couple seconds here before our break. Hold on. We'll be back on the other side. Join us in a few minutes. And Don will be back with us. Welcome back. This is Chad, Larry, and Dawn with the Palmetto Real Estate Pros. Remember, you can reach out to us, look at our past episodes on our um, online portal, uh, palmettorealestatepros.com. Check out our sponsors there. And uh, Dawn, Mr. Jordan, we are talking about inflation. And um, so this is a uh, in-depth topic. We're just scratching the surface, obviously, but this obviously affects home values affects how much people can can pay for a house because everything else is more expensive including uh interest rates which is kind of the the inflation and the interest rate kind of move together although they lag because uh, you know the folks who decide to raise rates they are they're getting the data and it takes them months to make a decision usually and so we have a lag and uh, sometimes it's it comes later, and then, you know, the rates should go down, but it takes them a few months to do that, too. So there's always a little bit of a lag in the process there. Yeah, and what, well, what it's also causing is if you're selling your house, you're going to build a home, it's puts the builders in a real predicament in a white check because they don't know what the price is going to be on lumber six months from now. And they can't buy it all today because it's not available all today well not only that but you think about this too if you're building a house today 
like today. You put a today. contract on a house today, and it takes nine months to build that house. Is the interest rate going to be the same? Can you still buy the house? And so what you may have to do is is uh, buy or, or buy the rate, basically. Fix Correct. the rate. And you can do that, but that costs money. And so it puts additional pressure on, you know, especially in a, in a situation where rates are rising. How do you figure, you know, if it takes a year or more years to build a house, that it, you got to fix that somehow so yeah. that you know what you, you're going to so have. So I feel a little bit for the builders right now, too, because they're caught in this query of, okay, it's going to take me six months to get all the material and get the house built, but suppose the window price goes up and there's 50 windows. I mean, that adds to to the dollars that somebody's got to spend. Right. And so we were talking, Dawn, um, before the break about this, uh, this, this term, average inflation targeting. Which sounds like tinkering, but this is what the Fed is trying to do, and this is why we have this this rates that are going up right now. We're trying to curb inflation. We're trying to curb it, like basically say, hey, look, we can't deal with eight, ten percent inflation um, anymore. We have to do something. So what they do is try to cool the economy down by making it harder, or maybe not harder, but more expensive to borrow money. So the interest rates goes up. That's right. Cost of money. The cost of money. Yeah. How much does money cost? Because mm. money also costs money. Isn't that's that right. Interesting? Yeah. What does it cost to, to get the money? And How much is your dollar worth? <laughs> right. And right. we've talked yeah, about this on the too. investing side, that sometimes the cost of the money is not as important as the availability of the money. <laughs> you know, when, when yeah. you're an investor and you're looking at making 20% or 25% on an investment, um, let's say a house, so you're buying a house for $100,000, and you can do forced, you know, forced appreciation, which is basically a flip that needs work. You're forcing appreciation. You buy the house, put a, put a $30,000 in it, and in the end you make 20%. You, you make $30,000, $40,000. Is it worth paying ten to make forty? Probably I, I, so. I say it is. Right. So if you could do that every day, would you do that? You would be silly not to. Nah, maybe every other day. <laughs> right. So even though rates are going up, it's not as important as are you getting something that's an asset? You know, and that's a, actually a really good point because as people go out and they compare loans and they get pre-qualified for a loan for a house, all the time people are like, well, what's the rate? What's the rate? And they think there's this mentality because of advertising, we've got the lowest rates, right, that the rate is the most important aspect of that loan or getting that house when it's really not it's what's going to work best for you in the long run as you're thinking about buying the house and the rate is only one of those factors it's really a small factor at that because ultimately if you're able to get what you want and it's affordable and it's going to work into your financial plan isn't that the best thing for you it's not necessarily what the rate of interest is that's right and you know when you're buying assets like real estate it's a fixed asset and this is why a lot of people move toward real estate in a rising inflation period because the fixed assets are the things that are going to rise in value the fastest or at least hold their value you know they're going to you know be more stable Right. right. Well, and, you know, we talked a little bit about the Treasury bonds as people, as interest rates rise, 
people tend to put more money into a hard asset like real estate because treasury bonds, uh, something that's very stable and very safe also, um, they're their uh, payback lowers. So for example, if a treasury bond is 4%, but interest rates rise 3%, then that makes that treasury bond only worth 1%. So people tend to put more money into something hard like real estate, which over the years increase 100% of the time. You know, now we see these little roller coasters where prices and you know, values of homes go up and down and up and down. But if you look over, you know, 10-year ten uh, slopes, it's, it's always up, up, up. Even after the 2008 market crash, if you look from 2005 to 2015, you see it's going up and up, you know, it, it's continued to. In fact, we've had a really long run. Usually housing prices go up and down about, on average, in my experience, about every seven or eight years you see it dip 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 but man we've had a really good run since that market crash in 2008. that's right and it's amazing when you think about lending i mean if you can buy a house especially as a homeowner and you only have to put now people think well that's a lot of money to put down to buy a house three four five percent ten percent whatever but the the it's called leverage this idea that you can put down a little bit of money and have ownership of this big, huge asset. That's pretty amazing. Right. You can put down $3,000 and own a $100,000 house. That's incredible. I mean, this yeah. is a great thing. I mean, so people need to put this in perspective that, and this is not, this doesn't happen in every country in the, in the world. This is something unique that we get to own property. It's a blessing that we get to do this and have property. Property rights are something enshrined in our Constitution. This is a good thing. And, the, and the, um, you know, our government wants to incentivize us to be homeowners and be property owners. And so we can borrow, um, you know, a lot of money and put a little bit of money down out of our own pocket. It's, a, it's, a, an, it's an amazing thing because you can't do that in every investment vehicle. You know, put a little money down and then own the product. Well, and you have a very valid point that the government wants to incentivize us, and they have loans, government-backed loans that help do that, the FHA loan. That's a government-backed loan for our military or ex-military. The VA loan, that's a government-backed loan. The rural development loan, that's a government-backed loan. So there are all sorts of loans that the government wants, um, puts out to help Americans or people living in America buy housing and make it affordable and we can show up with you know sometimes Don, it's a zero percent down. You just said something that's a key for people living in America. We have a number of foreign investors taking advantage of the American market which that's yeah. that's a right that everybody has but people from overseas come here because they can buy it cheap and get a good return on the investment. And they may understand it in a they, sense better because they're yes. like, man, we can't do this. So this we is great. We can't do this over in Ethiopia. <laughs> right. Or yeah. So this is Not good. Not allowed to own property. Yeah. <laughs> so I think as we get ready, we're, we're getting to the end of our show and it's kind of flown by. But one of the things that we can kind of, the, the takeaway or the overall point here is that Things go up and down. There is a market cycle. No matter what any government agency or president or whoever wants to tell you, there are market cycles. 
things go up and down. Interest rates go up and down. They never stay the same. Inflation goes up and down. And so this is part of life. You know, nothing stays the same, and it's okay, and it's going to be it's going to be okay, and it's always a good time to be a homeowner. So if you're out there listening today, Chad, I, my advice to people, if you're thinking about it, even thinking about being a homeowner, give the pros a call. Uh, give them our number, Chad, and tell them how to get a hold of us. They can reach us at 803-939-8562. You can uh, call in the show here. Obviously, we're getting ready to uh, end this segment or the show, but it's uh, 803-799-TALK. And you go to our website, palmettorealestatepros.com, and here's the good news. No matter where you want to be, we can help you, even if it's not in our state. Uh, we've got we've got the whole whole nation covered uh, from coast to coast almost with Dawn now. Oh my um, gosh, I'm actually doing deals in the, California, right. so it's and true. the Association of Realtors, we're members, so we contact yeah. real estate agents all over the country. That's right, and so it's it's a good time not only to be a homeowner and live in a house, it's a good time to be an investor uh, because when when things are increasing, you can buy things, put some uh, sweat equity into it, make some money. And another thing we didn't talk about, and we don't have time, but is rentals. I mean, where else can you find an investment vehicle where someone else pays for your investment? You buy something with some money down, finance it, and then put somebody in the house, and they pay for your investment. It's a great way to to create real long-lasting wealth. Right. So, Dawn, any Thanks parting thoughts listening. as we close? Thanks for listening. See you on the flip side, and check out the podcast. That's right. PalmettoRealEstatePros.com. All right. So, guys, we'll be here next week. If you want to join us, we hope you will. Hopefully you hang on and you listen in on Tuesdays to Erica and join us next week for the Palmetto Real Estate Pros. Admit it, you've been woken out of a home improvement fever dream after an HGTV binge session and believed you could be a house flipper. Well, that dream is more realistic than you thought. Let the pros at the Palmetto Real Estate Group of SC guide you through the investment and rehab process. And let's make those dreams come true. Learn more at palmettoreg.com.